0: Hello, and welcome to Native Awakenings. Here at Native Awakenings, we have the wonderful opportunity to speak with Uni. Within this discussion that I have with him, a lot awakens and illuminates within my own system, and I'm so joyful to share this conversation with you all to see the perspectives, principles, and techniques that Uni speaks of. Uni gave me one of the best tarot readings of my life, covering aspects from my childhood all the way through adulthood. I have no idea how they tap into the channel that they do, but within this conversation, we get to discover how Uni came to be. A quote that I'd like to share with you all, regarding uni, this one time that I was in need of a friend, I reached out to uni, and he said these words to aid my insecurities around asking for help, he said, you don't have to do it alone, you never have to do it alone, those words really stuck with me and still do. I use them as a mantra myself. Thank you all so much for listening. This is uni, awakening lucidity.
1: Well, I'm gonna start with the first question, which is about who is uni? I chose uni as a name that I go by not because I do not like my given name which is Ulysses or Ulysses in Spanish because that's technically how it's pronounced. Uni was actually given to me, I thought about it, it was given to me in the sense that I am a unique individual oh. and also when I was younger I had a uni so people used uh. to call me uni, the unicorn oh. and uh, many years later I ended up learning Japanese and my characters were given to me by my best friend, Nana, and Uni comes from yume, which means dream, and ni is dream person, dream man, and in the sense of uh, I'm a lucid dreamer, so I associate myself to the dream world, and because the dream world is such an integral part of my being, I chose to be called uni versus Ulysses Whoa. or Ulysses. Wow.
0: Names have so much power and symbolism, so the fact that you chose your own, that you've made it a whole symbol, almost a spell of your name to remind you of those qualities of your uniqueness of your lucid dreaming you mentioned yeah what so i've been trying to get in that for a really long time i can't astral project i do that for healing sometimes mm. but as far as lucid dreaming that evades me and i hear that that's a step before astral projection but i don't often lucid dream could you give me any tips about that how do you do that
1: i actually don't have any control over it it's like Whoa. it's just how i've always been my really? whole life and it was actually very problematic at first because because I am not sure if it's for sure, but definitely for sure. (laughs) I used to have entities speak to me in my sleep, and it would freak the hell out of me when I was a child, and I would see ghosts in the house. People would say it was my imagination. I had to go to, like, psychiatrists and stuff all the time. The older I got, the more I realized that maybe I was waking up and seeing things or just being able to tap in to the other side of the veil so quickly because I actually can't astral project and I tried it oh. uh, when I was younger, but I can drop in and out almost immediately. So it's a skill, I think. But from my experience, my dreaming has been evolving as I'm getting older and. I keep dream journals. I don't do so much anymore, but when I'm going through really hard times in my life, I'm very much in the journaling. And I think the more that you do that, the more you become aware of what's happening to you within the dream realm. And in that sense, later on you start like you'll be walking on the street and just see something you're like oh wow I saw this in a dream before and it just takes you right back to it I have dreams in foreign languages as well and I've actually said something in one of my dreams and this whale that I was talking to told oh. me that that was incorrect and then they spelt it on the board for me and when I woke up and looked it up it was exactly the way it was in the dream what? <laughs> what? So, so, what? <laughs> so those kinds of little things like I know that it's a connection to something larger that's out there so I don't know if that answered that question for you but I think if you are at least taking a moment to really sit with it because when you wake up in the morning that's when you're most connected to the other side And if you just sit there with it, I've been doing it more so now because the nature of my dreams has been shifting. I've been dreaming in tarot cards. I've been dreaming in these conversations that are very detailed that I wake up and I implement some of the things I hear in the dreams and uh, it ends up working for me. And I just find that a little bit. I wouldn't say unbelievable, but it feels like the evidence that's giving me a little bit of more support to show me that I'm on the right track. And I think that is so good and so empowering because when you're stepping into unknown spaces and you're trying to figure out how it is that you're going to reshuffle, reassemble pieces of yourself, that becomes really the catalyst because it's almost the little crumb trail that's being left for you to follow.
0: Ah! Uh, wow you've been following that crumb trail you said your dreams have been evolving Mm -hmm. how so they must have started off a certain way and now as you're communicating with these dream guides you're communicating in other languages in your dreams and (laughs) seeing that the information provided is correct so i actually have a two-part question Mm. how many languages do you speak and two how have your dreams been evolving
1: How many languages I speak? Well, English is my second language, so that's one. Spanish is my first language, two. My third was French, and I took Italian for a while. I could understand it. I can speak it very basically. Japanese, I studied for maybe like four years. So I really enjoy it and love it. And lately I've just been really into German. It's my sixth. And I love German so much just because it's so complex. Not to say that Japanese isn't complex. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's a different sound. One is very enjoyable to hear and speak. And the other one is a little abrasive in such a way that makes it a little bit curious. Curious thing, ah. Or very appealing. And secondly, as far as the dreams are concerned, now that you posed the question and made me really think about it, but for the longest time when I wasn't doing my soul work, when I wasn't tending to the shadow spaces, when I wasn't bringing some conscious illumination to these parts of myself, yeah, I was having night terrors, sleep paralysis almost daily, to the point that I would say it became... Such a terrifying experience for me to go into my dreams because I could I will even go into some detail on it just because it was probably one of the most profoundly terrifying experiences of my life. But every night I would go to sleep and i would see myself sleeping and me seeing through the eyes of this entity walking down the hall walking up to my bed standing over me just face Whoa. to face and me praying to god praying for help and it would laugh at me and it would laugh and just pull me into this most hopeless horrifying feeling oh i've ever god. felt in my life and i'd wake up and it would be 3:33 on the dot oh. every single time It was so intense at some point that I literally was keeping myself up because I thought I was going to die if I went to sleep. In the midst of all of that, I had one specific incident that it happened to me while I was at work. And in that moment, in the dream, I remembered that one of my French friends had this necklace on and it was a Ganesha. And as soon as I thought about it, the name came in my head, and I just called for Ganesha. And in my dream, the floor opened up, and this huge elephant made of metal came out of the ground and just started shooting a ton of light at it. And it, like, disappeared, and I've never had that happen to me ever again since. And the next morning, I devoted myself to Ganesha by... Researching about them, realizing that, yes, maybe it, it came to me yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, in that space. So there's something that's speaking to that energy. And from that moment on, anytime that I had any sort of experience within the dreamscapes that was immediately turning into something. That was putting me in a negative space, I would call on it and it would always show up. And since then, I've had conversations with Kali, with Ooh. Vishnu, with ah. Shiva and like multiple different periods of my life. And it was just almost like this sacred relationship that I was developing on the other side and it always it's such a pleasure to go to sleep because I come back the next morning and I'm really rejuvenated and come back with a clean slate. I think I had mentioned this to you how yeah. I don't really hold on to things emotionally for very long unless I have something that's making me remember it externally. Normally I wake up in the morning and I'm over whatever happened the day before and I think that's part of the reason because when I go into the other side it's almost like i die and then i'm reborn again the next morning and i like to see it that way because then i'm approaching everything with a clean slate
0: mm, wow you mentioned a ton of beautiful things in there some things, that, <laughs> a ton some that popped out was the appearance of ganesha and how that deity is often linked to the removal of obstacles sometimes placing obstacles mm. you mentioned that you were having these night terrors when you weren't following your soul work mm-hmm And consequently you called upon Ganesha which is a removal of the block of the soul work Mm. you're now in the soul work and then you also mentioned Shiva as you die every night and are reborn Shiva the great transmuter dancing as Tandava the the end of the world the end of your existence and going into that other world you mentioned the lucidity as the other world so Mm -hmm. do you feel like when you're in a lucid dream that it's more possibly than a dream it seems like a world to you yeah i wouldn't
1: call it a dream like it feels like i know what it's like on the other side and i have this very very strong feeling that when i go it's just gonna be me permanently in that other world and as far as my dreams lately and the shifting of them now they're becoming more conversations with very in-depth characters like people's entities like angels whatever you want to call it on the other side and it's I've been having to sit with it every morning and I also noticed generally in my dreams I'm able to do whatever I need to get through whatever obstacles and I was telling Nana this uh yesterday that is my best friend in case people don't know who that is <laughs> i was having a dream that i had to get away from somebody at a school and i was flying and i was invisible and i went through this room and it had these electronic devices that look like mris and it hurt so bad when i flew through them Whoa. and then i got out of the building and i started becoming semi-transparent and people were pointing at me and i couldn't fly away and I woke up and I was in the dream. I was fully conscious of like, why can't I fly right now? <laughs> they're, so, like, they're coming after me. <laughs> I need to go. And uh, I had woken up and that, that kind of took me aback. I was like, how interesting. Like the fact that it hurt, it hurt like it was contorting my inside. <laughs> Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that in my dream, it's like everyone's like, there he is. <laughs> and wow. I was like trying to get away. So it's like how it felt like they knew that I was a dreamer that was in the state aware of what I was doing. So I had came into this bubble, some re- some other dimension or something, and I was like there, and I came out of it, and it's just like those kinds of things. And I had mentioned to tarot cards. I've been dreaming in tarot
0: cards. How how does. Th- you're blowing my mind. First, <laughs> like I like you're talking about my dreams. I've always wanted to be a lucid dreamer, so I'm just going to pick your brain completely about this, but a part of it as you mentioned was tarot cards. Mm. How does one dream? Do you see the archetypes of tarot in your dreams or how do you dream in tarot cards?
1: It's a both and uh ah. I, do, I do see the archetypes sometimes, but I will have somebody in a dream talk to me and hand me a tarot card. Or in some cases, this last dream, I had been in this landscape where it was a giant tower card and I was painting it. And as I was painting it, I was getting these really complex and intricate feelings of the understanding of it that even when I was in my dream, I was like, wow, I would have never thought about it like that. And I just woke up the next morning and I was just trying to think. What the hell did I It was telling me something so subtle. And I was so aware that I was like, yeah, wow. And then the next morning when I wake up, I couldn't remember it, but I know it's there. I know it's there and it will come out when I need it just because that's kind of my human design type. I'll let it sit there until it gets called
0: out. Ah, human design. What human design type are you?
1: I am a manifesting generator. Whoa. Manifesting generator is going to generate.
0: Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, so as a manifesting generator, you have, I guess, knowledge or wisdom within you. And then when the situation calls for that to come forth, you manifest that.
1: Yes. Oh. It's like it has to I have to have an external cue to make me go, oh, actually, I have something on this I can speak to.
0: Ah, uh, Wow wow so you were painting the tower yes. one and tarot so i'm a little familiar with it i pull my tarot sometimes mm. um i go to i've had a reading from uni which you all should get because it was profound you went deep in and you said that that wasn't even as deep as you normally go or that <laughs> wasn't as deep as you normally go that you'd like to even pull more cards when i had my session with you and just how you touched on, you touched on my childhood, you touched on my blocks of my creativity, what I could do to be more creative. And you gave me so much permission to play more within my quote unquote work. And I've been transmuting that and transforming my language around work to play, thanks to your reading, actually.
1: Wow, thank you so much. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very humbling. I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love you. Thank you. I yeah. love you too, Greg. You're the best, man. Thanks. Hmm. But I say all of that because if you're dreaming in Tarot and you have this understanding of it, you're painting the tower, one of the most notorious cards of the Tarot. What do you think that, and and selfishly, I want to know this because the past three days that I've pulled my Tarot, I pull six cards and three Oracle cards. And so I guess that's nine cards total. And in two of my oracle and two of my tarot decks i've pulled the tower mm. and that's three days in a row and i'm like i'm not gonna pull my tarot for <laughs> <laughs> so i want to know what's your interpretation of that specific card and do you have any idea of why you were painting it in your dream it's funny
1: that Actually, the tower is my favorite card in the Ooh. deck because I like to look at my life as a series of towers.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, if you are doing your soul work, I think, yeah, your life is going to be a series of tower because you're going to constantly be shaking up the foundations, breaking it apart, like renewing yourself. It's almost like being caught in this cycle of, of having to grow and expand. And in order to move through the tower, you have to lean on the chariot, where the chariot is a willful application of you choosing to expand, to break out, to get out of what you have already comfortably created for yourself whereas a tower it's almost when you see the writing on the wall and you ignore it and then source has to come in and just clear it for you no Uh damage control (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it doesn't always have to be that way either because it also could be very subtle on a subtle level when you're just making minor shifts within you just because new information has now become available to you it's almost like you taking it in maybe having the resistance against it or to it but ultimately realizing that on a soul level you already feel that that's a truth that's being presented to you and Uh. you have a lot of resistance towards it and that's natural and that's fine because if it's already something that you had incorporated into your structure of yourself then yeah there's gonna be a little resistance i had mentioned to you It's similar to when you learn a grammar structure in another language incorrectly and you've been using it for a lot of years that way. The moment you realize you've been saying it incorrectly, (laughs) you realize how hard it is to stop yourself when you're talking or already putting it in application in the world and be like, oh, actually, let me reshift this. (laughs) So it's the same application, but in the real world level. Hmm. Mm. not that that isn't real world but you know <laughs> yeah yeah
0: in this material 3d world like oh wow that's helpful because everything that i've heard about the towers would like oh no it's not subtle it's gonna destroy you you're gonna suffer so to hear that hey this can also be subtle and also the writings on the wall all i have to do is read that writing that's in front of me open my eyes to it that sounds Like, I'm capable of doing that. So, I like that rather than the rug's gonna be yanked out from under you. Mm. You don't know when, but it's gonna happen. So, yeah. So,
1: the important piece in that is the lightning. It's the light of God coming in, the consciousness coming in, you becoming aware. It's that, like, aha. I got it. I am no longer ignorant to this truth. And the beautiful thing about knowing is that you can never unknow. Once yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got degenerative mental disease. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: I like that. It's a lightning coming in. Cause there is that lightning mm-hmm. bolt going into it. That's a light of consciousness. Yeah. The eureka moment. Uh-huh.
1: And that's, ah, oh. and, and it brings you back to yourself because after that is the star, which is you coming back to yourself.
0: Wow. Wow. Ah. Oh. Well, what do you think it means? Do you have any idea of what it means in relation to your dream of you were painting it? So is that making be- something beautiful out of a new shift or do you have any...
1: Mm. Yeah, actually. I like to think about it in terms if I had to put a face on the tower, it's Shiva's dance. So you gotta like clear it away and bring that beautiful transformative energy into it from the dance. And I think that's what it meant. And me being the one painting it, it's reminding me that I am the one that's painting the canvas through which I live my life.
0: Ooh. I am painting the canvas in which I live my life.
1: Mm -hmm. I
0: like that a lot.
1: Because it's also a dreamscape and a dreamscape is a landscape and you get to paint it when you're lucid dreaming. So why wouldn't you paint it on this 3D world?
0: Yeah. With the knowledge that you take from that dream world or even lucid world, lucid dreaming world it does tend to relate to this world because you've used knowledge from that place and brought it back, especially in regards to language, which I think is really fascinating. What else about that world do you take back into this one? It's almost like you're conscious for more of the day than most people, because if you're consciously making decisions within your dreams and consciously making decisions within the 3D world reality, then that's almost like a a meditation that's dream yoga that's tibetan dream yoga Mm. if you're actually being specific with it and that tends to be a really strong foundation so that's been a key of what you've been talking about recently is breaking out making this foundation painting it and now seeing that also within the dream world that you have a really strong foundation in directing your consciousness and has this always been the way did you you well you've always been lucid dreaming, so you're just gifted like that? Like, uh, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it could seem like a curse sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do remember the night terrors. Yeah, yeah. I think the latest example, I literally had a dream and woke up. In my dream, I was told, wake up and make a new Instagram page. It's going to be called Aquarian Sage Ooh. or Aquarian Mage. And then I like woke up and I thought about it. I'm like, okay, remember that when you wake up. And I went back to see. And then when I woke up and looked it up, it was available. And I was just like, what? I was like, wow. I I I, I didn't think it would have been available, but it's just tiny things like that. But I wouldn't say that my ability to focus in on that was as, I guess, I wasn't as conscious of it back then as I am now. And I think that makes it very challenging because it could draw you into situations and places that weren't necessarily helping you develop yourself or even those skills because you might think that you're really different than other people or just unconsciously putting it in another direction and i think now that i have an entire practice around how it is that i show up for myself and every single day every single month every season it's almost like you're peeling a new layer And discovering more pieces of that and makes it easier for you to direct that consciousness in that way. And this is a fundamental piece for me because I'm a magician as one of my tarot cards from birth that I have an assignment with. And that is about being able to consciously direct what's coming through your channel and out. Ooh, what tarot card is that? That The magician. The magician. Ooh, Mm -hmm. whoa. And also like, how do you then having that understanding that you are a channel that's moving energy or messages, whatever needs to come like through and out. How do you then use the tools that are in front of you to help that process along? And that also has a shadow side to it. It's like, just because the tools are there, are you using all the tools? And are you like taking full advantage of it? And I think for a lot of people with this card as like their birth card it could be challenging when you don't really know like uh, for me personally it's always been a challenge to express myself openly like with everybody because i'm afraid that oh yeah like nobody's going to want to listen to what i have to say what makes me like so much better than anybody else to talk on this subject if i'm not an expert in it and i think that is the challenge and that is also the gift because within every single shadow space you have the opportunity to transmute that into the light and that i feel is really my challenge that i'm here to work through in this lifetime okay and even the fact that i'm sitting here with you doing this podcast or that i'm even podcasting yeah. It's me engaging with that element on some level because it has been very difficult for me in the past to even talk about myself in a group of people cuz I grew up in like the ghetto too so I'm like wow. oh yeah I don't I'm not trying to like <laughs> like be vulnerable out here and yeah. now that I'm more consciously aware of how much courage and strength it takes to be vulnerable mm-hmm. it also Liberates you from having to be bound to those past narratives. So there's so many pieces within all of that. I can't just focus on, oh, yeah. How am I directing this conscious will? It ends up going through all these different channels within my body and.
0: Ah. Wow. Thank you for explaining that. So it's not as easy as it sounds or as blissful as it sounds. It's still going through many different channels of you. Mm -hmm. So it can be a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You mentioned shadow a couple of times. Oh, you bring up so many great <laughs> points that I have like eight questions that I want to <laughs> ask you. I'll, I want to get to shadow. But before I get to shadow, you mentioned, are you using all the tools? Now, in a couple of Buddhist traditions, there's like Theravada and that sort of thing where they mention one tool to dig a very deep hole as being the, the best method. Others mentioned use many tools to dig one deep hole. You don't have to use many tools to dig many holes, but you can use many tools. So, what's your opinion on no, you should only really stick to one practice versus use as many different practices? that are available to you do you think by investing your time and your energy and your consciousness within so many practices that it will spread you too thin and that you won't be able to go as deep into (gasps) shadow Mm. or do you think that if you devote your time solely to one practice that you get to know it so intimately and completely that then that would be a better method for you to connect to shadow
1: wow that is quite the question actually I think that would differ from person to person but i think i might be on the side of the buddhist but i could also see the other side of it too because if you're looking at your lifespan and your personal development as being this series of shedding away you're constantly regenerating and rebirthing through the process of just living the experience so Who's to say that your practice being a part of your being isn't part of that evolution of yourself? And for me personally, I have my set practices, but they're actually evolving. And I think this year, specifically this last season, they shifted for me in ways that I have never thought. And mm. I'm branching into different modalities that are tapping into... I mean, it's all tapping into the same energy, but it's allowing me to express myself in ways that are different. Thank you, Gina, for having that mantra workshop. I've been chanting mantras for years, but I've always done it quietly. I've always done it by myself. I've never ever would really fully vocalize that, like shake that to the point that my entire body's rumbling from how hard I'm chanting before Gina. And I've now taken that as a practice for myself now. It's been helping me really clear that block, which again, goes back to my life theme with that tarot card about being able to move things through my channel without worrying about how it's going to sound, how it's going to be received. It's just about putting it out there. And at that moment, I've cleared my channel and I've noticed that when I chant the mantras, it'll on a cellular level I can just feel it just resonating so beautifully and I love that I think as I'm being pulled in new directions I'm finding new little breadcrumbs that are taking me into different pieces of the puzzle that I can choose to look at it as digging but I think that it's more like a weaving and uh, you're weaving a tapestry with all these pieces and or you say like a quilt maybe it's more like a quilt and so yeah you can have a blanket that's all one thing or you can have it with the many pieces and i feel for me being this really hybrid creature of so many things even just because the languages make me have a deep soul felt connection to the roots of these languages countries people the culture so for me, I feel like I am really embodying what it is to be an actual humanitarian and Aquarian because I'm feeling the world. I'm compelled to know, to learn. I want to understand it. I want to speak it. I want to hear it. I want to taste it, touch it. I want to have this full understanding of the range of what it is to be a human and my biggest life dream is to spend one year in each country that i speak the language of and decide which life i want to live in
0: whoa whoa (laughs) that's amazing and that's deep and that's weaved (laughs) wow they say with language that it legitimately does for those that can speak more than one language it changes their physiology when they speak it Because within that culture, there's certain characteristics within that certain diverse group of individuals, like in Italy, that when you speak Italian, um, oh, the language of love, (laughs) that it does change your physiology. Then perhaps if you would speak Spanish, depending on the pace and the constrictions of the tongue and the Mm. jaw. The jaw is connected to our sacral. Mm. So our sacral being another spot of the unconscious. So everything changes and shifts and you can even see it within the mannerisms of people when they speak Mm. different languages. So what's really interesting to me is that when you said to fill it on a cellular level, that makes scientific sense (laughs) because you're speaking a, a different language which does change your physiology. And then also you mentioned which life do I want to live. It will be different parts of uni, well, an amalgamation of all of uni's consciousness, but the life that you choose to lead.
1: Yeah. And I like it to think about it, too. A lot of us are stuck in like our own, like I'll call it, sphere of understanding of the world as far as through the lens of our language. Because if we're thinking in the language as well, you basically have many different lenses to work with. And we're living in societies that are all functioning societies but if they have a different language a different culture it's almost like an entire little reality of its own within the major reality and i like the idea of being able to move between them and you are definitely right because i feel like i have a different sense of humor and some yeah. a different language yeah. i carry myself a little bit different and not in the sense that i'm just trying to be like them but it's almost like the language moves through you and out of you and i think on a soul level. This is me connecting with my ancestors and connecting with my roots. And my roots, they are Latin, but they are so much more as well They have all of these channels that are trying to express themselves through me, I feel. And I actually have a connection with my throat and my sacral. So they're intimately connected, which is probably why I make so many weird noises when I'm excited and I'm just like crazy. And I think that's why I like languages too. It's like, uh, that sounds really weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I like that a lot. Feeling it on a cellular level. Gina also really helped me like with mantra. She was the one who introduced me to mantra as well. So, wow. uh, yeah. So for both of us, feeling ourselves change from not, and that's another language, the vibratory language of Sanskrit. So, wow.:
1: Yeah, that blew my mind when she was saying that it was a language that was heard, and that yeah. up, the syllables match up to the same number of the petals around each of the chakras. What? I was like, oh my God, you're talking what? my language. A <laughs> right, yeah. language you get. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <So> good <laughs>
0: Wow. Mm. Well, I guess you don't have a favorite language at this point because you want to live those lives but something that i do want to circle back on is shadow so we mentioned that a lot of times when i hear it people mention it as a place where you store your trauma or your hurt as someone that travels the dream world and is used to a different state what do you what's your take on shadow
1: hmm Shadow, my old friend. (laughs) (laughs) You can really argue that it's our most ancient friend too, because everything that our ancestors went through ancestrally is engraved within our DNA. So the shadow is already an intimate part of us and we need it in order to survive because otherwise we wouldn't have got this far. But now we've evolved to this certain state where we're being required to kind of re-examine that because it no longer is serving the purpose that it had served in those times and i think that underneath the shadow you have the opportunity to really unlock your true gifts Mm. and i feel like the gene keys talk about that a little bit i'm no expert but It's a really fun invitation to go into if you think about it that way as well, because even when you look at all the astrological signs, they have their light aspects and their shadow aspects. And how can you transmute that into something that's gonna help you? You can't have the light shining if you don't have the container that is the shadow around it for it to have something to have the opposite polarity on. And I feel like shadow work itself, it's necessary to explore the shadow to come out into the light on the other side of that because all those paths lead back to self
0: wow so it's not just a trauma center it's a i view it as potential and you mentioned it as it's necessary and i like that a lot of seeing that it's necessary to get through that point to see the light as a natural part of the part of us that we don't have to be afraid of, but we're just naturally gonna meet. You mentioned, ah, oh, my old friend You know, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a it can be a friendly presence. It doesn't have to be quote unquote evil or hurtful or difficult.
1: Yeah, it could be I honestly feel because, uh, when I was having those night terrors and just those like actual manifestations, either in the dreamscape, sometimes it would manifest outside the dreamscape which is terrifying too. But, <laughs> but, uh, ultimately I think that was just all of the shadow that was not being addressed, given a seat at the table or an opportunity. To really be explored so that you can go in there and just bring that light of consciousness again, that lightning from the tower. Wow. You're bringing it into those spaces I would have never reached otherwise. And I think that that's how I gauge it. Because if I have nightmares, mm-hmm. then it means that something is causing some sort of turmoil on the inside that needs to be worked out. And I actually never... Thought about that into right now. So channeled. Good question. Wow.
0: So if the dream world has brought knowledge back to you from this world, and now it sounds like this world when you're not dealing with something can bring knowledge into your dream world as well. That's really cool. Is that nightmare? Is that sign of like, hey, what are you? What are you not working on? What are you afraid of, or not shining the light on that wants the light?
1: Yeah. Wow. So it's like all messages, and that's just the crazy world of dreams.
0: Yeah. I have some word associations that I want to ask you, and one of the first ones is when you hear the word winter, what do you feel? What do you, what do you think about? How do you associate winter?
1: I'm an Aquarius, so I am a child of the winter and as much as I love the summer, winter has this beautiful cleansing to it. There's nothing quite like stepping outside into the cold and it just cleans you out with freshness, especially like in your lungs. When it's so cold it hurts to breathe. Oh yeah. Ah, I love yeah. It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, definitely a friendly embrace of the winter. I'm a Capricorn's also a winter baby and It's such a clear time of the year for me when the busyness has died down, when the projection of summer, because I think of summer as sun's time of where there's a lot of projection radiating of, you know, your consciousness and the winter is kind of that reflection time for me. So to see that it brings you mentioned the breath that it brings an openness to that, but also a sharp reality like, hey, this is a breath it hurts. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's cold outside. (laughs) In case you forgot,
1: you're alive.
0: Yeah, Mm. yeah. I like
1: the way you said it too, because it's also like the winter could be the moon time because, I don't know, when I hear the word winter in my mind, I see snowy landscapes at night.
0: (laughs) Ah, so beautiful. When you hear the word humility... What does that mean to you? What do you? Do you see a picture? Do you get a feeling? Where does humility feel like it originates in your body?
1: When I hear it, it makes me feel like the Japanese language feels to me. It humbly bows. My association to that feeling of respect because I feel that What makes the Japanese language so beautiful is that it has that woven into it. It's almost this gentle folding, this knowing how to bow down to the seasons, to nature, to the cycles within it. And that's what I feel within the lens of the language. And to me, it makes me think of two of the emperor bowing down to death. And it's almost like the interplay between knowing when you have power and how to direct it versus knowing how to bow down to forces that are larger than ours than ourselves so that we could through that folding be transformed
0: wow the humble bow the respect of the season the emperor bowing to death wow i love the picture you painted with that thanks (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) wow that reminds me i used to live in korea and this, the amount of respect and veneration within that culture, you see it and you feel it. And respect is a key value to me and hearing just your definition of humility, of bowing to the sea, respecting Mother Earth, also respecting almost again Shiva, the emperor in death and that transmuted space. Wow, I like that a lot.
1: That. <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I have a finish the sentence for you. And when you hear it, how do you feel? I expand when blank. When I contract. Oh, can you explain that? You expand when you contract.
1: Yeah, I feel when I'm about to expand really majorly, it feels like the hardest contraction ever because it's almost like my mind is ripping itself apart in the process of being hit with this understanding that the soul already knows this divine discomfort and it has made it aware and my mind is just having a little bit of time processing it until basically it collapses in on itself like whoa. a star imploding and then it explodes out whoa <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> whoa I didn't expect that well, I thought you were going to be like I expand when I play I fly it's light it's... <laughs> you surprised me with that <laughs> I'm a bit speechless because that has its own beauty in it, and I've never thought of expansion in that lens before. But when you explain it in that way, I can totally see it. You're expanding. You're breaking out again. So feeling that old paradigm rip apart. It's an expansive into a new level of consciousness. So, ah, wow.
1: That's why I said shadow, my old friend, because I wish that I was expanding through play (laughs) (laughs) and all these things, but it seems like those are my natural states already. So it's almost like when those are not happening, is when I'm aware Uh, that uh, something is happening that's gonna, that's requiring my attention. And I don't think it always has to be that way, but for a lot of us, sometimes it's what gets our attention.
0: Yeah. It got my attention. (laughs) (laughs) I expand when I contract. Wow. I'm going to meditate on that and sit with that. I really like that. Mm. Wow.
1: (laughs) That was a good question.
0: Thank you. That was a wonderful answer. (laughs) Mm. Could you finish the sentence of this section of my life is about? Review.
1: Review. Yeah. Mm. I honestly feel that this is... For me personally, I'm now getting to look at the last 32 years of my life Uh and having to make sense of it in a way that is really redrawing the blueprint, redoing the narratives, tying up the loose ends, looking at the boxes, like one of those Russian dolls, uh-huh. looking at the Russian dolls collection, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and finding its little place for it. It's been really interesting to be able to sit with yourself and realize, oh... That's totally me, but actually it's no longer me. So if that's not me and currently it's still in the processing phase, it almost feels like I'm in a computer that's defragmenting to oh. to figure out more space to allow for more expansion. And I'm currently in that right now and even though i may not be in those countries in my mind i'm already there oh
0: nice (laughs) (laughs) i like you taking ownership of that it's like i'm already there
1: every time i I sink into one of those languages i am already there
0: nice you're defragmenting yeah i like that word too clearing more space you're contracting a bit, there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm compressing it Compre- down to create ooh, more space. Ooh, I like that change of language too. I have another word association for you. Forgiveness. Where does that originate within your body? What do you feel like when you hear that word? Are there any colors also that come to mind?
1: Forgiveness. A color that comes to mind... Funny enough, I don't think it's a happy color. <laughs> I mean, it's a dark blue when I hear it. But then dark blue is also really soothing. It resonates with me with almost my throat as well, because forgiveness has to be something that's like somebody gives it to you. That's why it's forgive to give out. It makes me think of it in that sense. So it's spoken out. So you either speak it out to somebody else or you speak it into yourself. But either way, it's moving through you. And that's not to say if you don't speak, if you can do sign language, the same thing. But it's something that's moving through you that needs to be given. So that, And you have to be willing to receive it as well, too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times it's hard for us to forgive because we are so caught up in the Wounding around it instead of recognizing that everybody else is also on their journey. And sometimes we have our own little tower moments where we trip and fall and accidentally maybe spill over into other people. Yeah. But in in that process if you're actively doing your work whether you figure it out now in this moment or later down the line Mm -hmm. you should always have that available to you or to give to other people if it feels safe and not harmful and vice versa and either way you should always be giving it to yourself just to let you have the peace of mind to continue to move on and you can take that because I don't think we o- we always get closure around certain things. And for me, I feel like forgiveness is so much harder to give it to yourself than it is to other people. Yeah. And that, again, goes back to like our ability to receive. And sometimes receiving is very difficult. For me, it is like historically, I grew up where I'm just really... I guess, guarded around that because I feel like somebody will give me something with like a string attached to it. And that sucks. To be able to receive is such a beautiful thing because you're also giving the person, giving the happiness and joy of being able to give you something. And this, I think this is why I like the Japanese language in the movement of receiving and giving because you give in three directions. You give up here, For somebody that's higher up where you respect or you give down here to somebody at your level or you can give down to others. And I think it gives you the option to how is it going to be moving energetically? Are you giving down to something lower than you, something equal than you? Or are you seeing the higher aspect of that person within them and giving from that angle? And I, I think you can give from that higher angle. And that's what the forgiveness is.
0: Wow. That is profound. I love, I didn't know that about the Japanese culture. I'm so happy you mentioned it, of three ways of giving down, you know, almost sacral down, heart out equally. But there's the option of giving to that higher light. Mm Mm-hmm. And that feels like forgiveness that I'd love to receive and give to myself Mm -hmm. of not giving down to myself of like, not sympathy, but pity. Mm. You know, that feels like that kind of lower sort of forgiveness. Yeah, The equal from the heart space feels good, but to give fully to the the light within them seems to be giving to the totality of that person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's also receiving to the totality of like source.
0: Ooh, yeah. And you mentioned when you hear forgiveness and feel it, it's dark blue. And you mentioned that you're very connected to your throat chakra and your sacral. And blue is the color of the throat. Also speaking, it's a communication that moves through you. So that's also tied through the throat chakra. So I think it's really wonderful that that's the color that you associate with forgiveness because that's kind of the channel that's really activated within your own vessel mm. yeah
1: and it's also the the channel uh, and the chakra that i probably have the hardest time with too
0: oh really
1: because as all things that are our gifts they're also our challenges <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it's been beautiful to work within those spaces but I think that's, that's part of how you know, again, when I mentioned the contraction into the expansion, sometimes when you need to speak your truth and you're just so scared, what happens to your throat? It contracts and you can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the moment you don't, it's just, it breaks that entire block and it allows you to speak it. That's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've had to work with this summer and just stepping more fully into that. and. Here I am. (laughs) Here you are.
0: You know? Wow. That is powerful. Well, we have the lightness of forgiveness, the giving to the whole of that person, giving above. What's kind of, maybe not the polarity of it, but close to it, how do you feel about disappointment? What does that feel like? Where does that originate within your body? Does that have any color or...
1: Mm, Disappointment. I feel disappointment. I feel it. I I think I feel it in my sacral because it's almost like disappointment. Generally, I, I don't feel it so much towards other people as I do towards myself because I don't really hold people to an expectation of how they need to show up, I guess. I will allow myself to just recognize that that's where that but when I'm disappointed in myself I think that is the the heaviest because in the disappointment you are consciously aware that things could have gone another direction had you had the consciousness to step back and kind of re-examine or in my case a lot of the times I do a lot of my processing when I've by myself and when I've had time to sit with it. Yeah. And sometimes I'll notice a like, oh wow, I could have just given myself a break by maybe being more conscious about sharing my process in like beforehand instead of letting it get out of control. And going back to that throat chakra, I get frustrated really easy when I'm in my flow and anything or anyone comes and distracts that. And sometimes I'm better about it now, but I used to be like, yeah, anytime somebody wanted to go do something, yes, 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 yes. So every yes I'm saying to them is a no to me. And then I end up getting frustrated and acting out of character on something very small. And then that brings a lot of disappointment. But then that disappointment becomes the catalyst for me to be able to connect the dots around, how did I get to this state? How do I genuinely shift it? And I think the shift is more, it becomes more of a tangible thing when it's moving through your channel and not from somebody else like, trying to make you feel the disappointment or, and, I think that becomes a, a more long lasting thing because then it's you realizing that what you're feeling disappointment is because now you have the polarity to give you the understanding of now I'm aware of how I need to shift in order for me to not be disappointed to myself. So long story short, it gives you something to be better for
0: Ooh. yourself. Ooh, it gives you something to be better for yourself. I like that. When I feel disappointment, definitely feels heavy, but transmuting that or at least taking a different angle and perceiving it, it gives you a opportunity to be better for yourself, not for others, not for forcing of any other agenda, but legit to love yourself in a better way. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot.
1: And the way you put it right now too, it made me think too, when you are in those states, How you comfort yourself, it's really you comforting your inner child because now you're having to show up as the caretaker and like tender for that piece of you. Because now you're like, oh, I'm sorry that you disappointed yourself, but you get two options now. Are you going to tend to that and be gentle or are you going to spiral out and beat yourself up some more?
0: Ah. Oh, I'm going to be tender and gentle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and when I say that, that's the sword's energy. Are you going to make the sword a weapon that's going to hurt you or are you going to make it a tool to help you?
0: Oh, yes. It's, it's got double edges. It can't hurt or it can't help. Wow. You've given me so much to just sit on. I'm just gazing at the sky, contemplating and meditating on your words. Wow. Often when we get into these flows of conversation, things can awaken. And through this point in your life, it's about review. So we know that. But as you're doing these practices of Tarot, as you're lucid dreaming, what have all these awakened within you? What's been illuminated, what's come to light as you've done your review so far?
1: that I'm here for something much bigger and I'm here to do work on a really collective level and the shock of realizing that that has to fall on me <laughs> that's to fall on me and the kickback that my mind wants to go why me no <laughs> not me. Yeah. but it's like actually yes me and and just realizing that at certain points in the future i'm going to probably have to lean into some pretty heavy contraction to really confront some of the deeper familial karma stuff that needs to get worked out. And I realize that all of that is a process and I'm right where I need to be. And I think I find a lot of comfort in trusting that my practices has helped me develop a co-creative connection with source in the sense that now I'm using my own discernment and the filter of source to Put me in the right direction mm-hmm. and knowing that yes, challenges are going to come up on the way. And in fact, for myself, during this year, it's a six year for me personally. And that has a lot of the themes of having a break free from old narratives, from old invitations to things that put me in contractive spaces. But it's also On the flip side of that, the beautiful opportunity to really do the excavating, to peel back the layers where the deep wounding exists that has been inviting me into those disappointments, into that shame, into that guilt, into those fundamental emotions that were probably encoded into my DNA because they had already been existing within the pool of all my ancestors before me. And now I'm getting to bring that light of consciousness to really break apart those pieces of my cellular DNA structure and allow that to be transmuted so it could crystallize into whatever it is, this new evolution of myself is going to be moving forward. And I think the more that I can ground into that understanding and recognizing that it is going to be a very moment to moment Mm -hmm. thing and almost anchoring myself in that truth in fact before we came into this conversation I called on my guides and I called in the king of swords to come in and Mm -hmm. make sure that I was able to confidently speak my truth without really worrying about editing the channel or how it's going to be received
0: is that what the king of swords is representative of
1: the king of swords yeah on some level it's actually my Higher self
0: card. Whoa. Well, what you've spoken on has been incredibly clear. (laughs) You shattered my mind. You've brought the tower into actual my existence. Maybe this is what all my tarot readings were about because I feel like I'm contracting and expanding within these moments with just these topics that you've spoken on. Mm -hmm. And I really want people to know where they can find you speak more. So you mentioned that you have a page called Aquarian Sage that you made pretty recently. Is that where people can reach you? Are there any other, what What do you do and how can people reach you?
1: Yeah, you can reach me at Aquarian under slash Sage okay. on Instagram and I think that's the main place. I also have a YouTube that's also Aquarian Sage but everything I'm posting on there is also what I'm putting on Instagram and I'm offering readings. I can hold space. I. I, I'm really just open to connecting with anybody, especially if it's on any topics having to do with personal development, language, travel, food, whatever. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm very faceted creature and I like to keep myself entertained in many different things. But yeah, I think the Instagram page is the main page that you can reach me at.
0: Great. You mentioned you do tarot readings. Do you just read one tarot, do one type or do you do different types of tarot?
1: I am very fortunate right now to be trained by my wonderful friend, Rebecca Magic. She's got a book called The Royal Path. Check it out. It's on Egyptian tarot. So I have a practice of Egyptian tarot that I'm currently working with. I'm also a graduate of soul tarot. And I have also just years of experience with just regular reading and my own personal interpretations. And I I would encourage anybody that is starting their tarot practice trust your own channel at the end of the day it's like your own channel and Yeah, if you want a reading, hit me up. If you want to learn about tarot, hit me up too. Sweet. (laughs) I'm available in several different languages and
0: formats. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes watch your different... I don't know what you're saying in a language, but your German tarot that you released, I'm I'm not sure if it's a recent one, but I was just blown away. I'm like wow I don't know what he's saying but it sounds so cool and it's speaking to my soul on some level and then I go back and I watch the the English one
1: (laughs) well they're pretty much saying the same thing but still no it's different it's totally different the color and the flavor and the rhythm and what it does to my body is different
0: yes I have noticed that I'm like oh who's oh this is German okay (laughs) I know it's
1: the newest one I'm like (laughs) it's my newest incarnation guys (laughs) beautiful thank you
0: absolutely you've been a wonderful open channel i'm so grateful and thankful to you and i'm wondering is anything coming up within your channel now that you'd feel like sharing with the universe or the universe sharing itself through you
1: Mm, yes actually i think there's a certain amount of I want to say grief, but there's a little bit of a heartache that comes around being a human living this day to day experience and not really having a game plan or a book that tells you how to live your life. And I think that's why people go to holy books and holy texts and all that. But I think on a more practical level, it'd be nice that we have coaches or mentors and I really think everybody should have one. But realizing that we don't always have to be seeking through mentors and stuff to find the answers for ourselves. And I think that whole process at some point we have to come into the understanding that maybe somebody that we put po- that we put all our eggs in our basket in is gonna eventually let you down. And in that process, the grief that comes from that is what becomes a catalyst that allows you to really step into really trusting your own channel and how it's being received through you because ultimately you are exactly where you need to be in this moment in time because you are there and the answers will show up to you as you approach it and the more ease that you can have around that trusting that There is an order in the disorder and that it's going to be a little bit messy and a little bit hard as it comes back into the order of divine. And that's the thing. We can sit here and get so lost in our heads trying to figure out what it's going to look like. But the truth is that this is so beyond our comprehension, we can't even begin to see the ways in which source is going to bring whatever needs to be coming into us. If we are very unique individuals, and we are living our life path, we are creating as we go, then it makes sense that what is going to be provided to us as a life experience is going to be very much tailored to our own experience of reality so if we can allow ourselves to not have to analyze everything pick it apart try to figure out where it's coming from we create this ability for everything and anything to come in in whichever way and whatever way it comes in it's going to be perfect it's going to be us actively participating in this co-creative relationship with what it is to be with in divine alignment and you end up becoming a part of the divine plan and in that sense you find the ease to allow you to put your faith over into something larger when you just cannot hold it and just continue moving through your process and sure enough that will become second nature to you and it will also create the opportunity for things to show themselves in your environment that will reflect this on the outside, what you're already embodying internally will then be represented on the outside. And that's so within, like so as within, so without, and as above, so below. And in that way, you are an active participant within the plan of God, source, universe, whatever you want.
0: Whoa. Whoa, I love that. That is incredibly empowering, especially the whole talk was, but the part about you are you are playing a part in that divine will you know that you're not just victim to fate but you're you're an active participant that's what you said and that is so wonderful I love that I needed to hear that so um, <laughs> thank you
1: <laughs> I need to hear it more too and I think the more you can trust that yeah everything just shifts for you.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything that you like to say as a parting words, I loved what you just spoke on, but when you say goodbye to someone, do you just say goodbye or how would you, do you have any ways that you like to close?
1: (laughs) I usually keep it short and simple, but I like to tell my friends, I love you and uh, I'm here for you.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. Uni loves you. He's here for you from his own words, from mine, the spirit animating my body, honors, appreciates, respects, and unconditionally loves the spirit animating yours. Aho, matakweasen. Om namah shivaya.
1: Om namah shivaya. (laughs) Tschüss.
0: Namaste. Oh, that was so fun. That was amazing.